This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Want to encourage diversity for your planet and your palate? You can branch out beyond bleak retail chain inventories and support local farmers who are growing something different by downloading the Specialty Produce app and exploring our global in-app share market where you can discover unique items or specialty marketplaces near you. Stay hungry, friends. Download today on Apple or Android and start exploring. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be talking about transforming shame and guilt. These are obviously really painful emotions that a lot of people can hang on to for years of their life regarding different situations from their past, different things that may have happened to them or that they may have done to another person or even themselves. Oftentimes, we are our harshest critics, and sometimes even this internal monologue can keep us from pursuing things and moving forward and really accomplishing our destiny in our life. So I'm going to talk through what shame is, what guilt is, and also how it holds us back and how we can release it. So shame is defined really as a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So if you're putting this into an internal thought, it could be like, there's something wrong with who I am, really being ashamed of who you are as a person based on past decisions that you've made. Shame is especially painful as an emotion because one's core self, not simply one's behavior, is the issue. Shame involves a painful scrutiny of the entire self, a feeling that I am unworthy, incompetent, or a bad person. People are really oftentimes in the midst of a shame experience when they report a sense of shrinking or feeling small. Now, shame is far more likely to cause negative outcomes. And this is why positive self-talk is so important. Canceling out a lot of negative self-talk can be so, so important because as it is really important to be constructively critical towards yourself, it does reach a point where it's becoming harmful. And this can oftentimes lead people into things like addiction, bullying themselves or others, negative self-talk and Shame really corrodes that part of us that believes that we can create change in our life or that we can change. It might be that voice inside that's saying a whole host of negative things that no one else is saying to us, or it could be dialogue that people from our past have said to us. Maybe we were bullied or abused or mistreated or someone had a wrong opinion about us, or maybe their opinion was something we accepted as true about ourselves, and that's something that needs to be challenged and let go of. Shame is really considered to be a useful emotion in the sense that once you realize something isn't working, it can lead to a different desired result. You can change that pattern of behavior, but it's not something you need to dwell in, you know. And there is also can be a physically recognized feeling as well. So when people are experiencing shame, there's oftentimes this almost like warm wave that can overcome you, like a blush 
or a warm sinking feeling of just embarrassment. And it's really important to practice grounding and emotional regulation when in this state. I cannot tell you how many times I came off of stage making little mistakes here and there. And this is so, so common for competitive dancers because especially when you're young and you're getting out there and going on stage and competing for the first time or first couple times, even if it's a new routine for a new season, there may be things that you slip up on or you forget or you fall out of something and you come off stage and really instead of being able to enjoy the experience and take a positive away from it, all you can think about is, oh, I fell out of that turn or I missed that trick or I didn't complete this or my facials weren't good enough or all these little details. <laughs> the self-criticism can really sometimes overrule the whole experience and there you are in a beautiful costume and makeup in this beautiful theater with people that care about you around you and all you're doing is belittling yourself. I've definitely been in this space and I've definitely had to talk my students through some of these experiences when they are being really hard on themselves. And I think the most important thing is to recognize, you know what, I I can't necessarily change this, but I can do my best the next time and with the judge's critiques, take that to the next competition and do what you can. But not let the shame overwhelm you to the point where you're like, I don't even want to go on stage again or what have you. You know, it's important to practice grounding again and emotional regulation when you're in this state to bring yourself back to the present moment. Maybe that's connecting back to your breathing as a really initial thing or you're looking around you and looking for things that are all the same color just paying attention to the sounds or the textures or maybe touch something that brings you back to the present moment just not to get so stuck in the emotion and do your best to not connect with it as intensely to the point where it is really bringing you into a negative state sometimes i find that it's really important to even take time to meditate on the fact that maybe you did something that you weren't proud of or even even taking it to the extent that you worked really hard towards something and you didn't get what you wanted. Oftentimes I feel like that's a really heavy, sometimes even like stinging, painful feeling that people can tend to run away from and they feel really bad about it or it can, again, lead people down the road of addiction or being mean to themselves or going into compulsive negative behaviors. And really when you just take the time to sit with it be like, I didn't get what I wanted and just sit with it. Sometimes waves of anger will come up. You might even sit with it long enough to the point where you cry. But I feel like it's better to allow yourself that rather than continue to run away from it or try to change the narrative and leave out certain details in your recollection of things like selective amnesia and not remember what you did that may have made you responsible for the outcome of that situation as well. Sometimes we have to take these opportunities to practice critical awareness towards the statement, the event, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions at hand, and look at it and be like, is this reasonable for me to put this expectation that I have on myself? Maybe you feel ashamed that you didn't accomplish a certain goal. Was that a reasonable goal that you could have reached? 
Or are you maybe setting yourself in a category with people that maybe have totally different circumstances than you, have a totally different background? And I think this can be challenging because I do believe that we live in an age and a day and a a time period where we have so much available to us and we see people of all ages and all types of backgrounds and all types of you know, adversity overcome in their past, really accomplishing a lot. And it can feel really heavy sometimes if you go on social media with the intent to compare yourself to somebody else's life. I don't think that ever going onto social media to compare yourself is necessarily a good idea. I feel like that's that's kind of leading you down a path that's not necessarily going to be the healthiest because you have your own gifts and talents and things that you um, have that are unique to you that no other person has. And it's really just being able to get inspired by other people accomplishing what they're meant to in their life and allowing that to inspire you to do not the same as them in regards to the specific actions and tasks and maybe accomplishments that they're completing, but to do the same thing in the respect of go down your path and accomplish what's meant for you to accomplish. Setting high expectations and standards is wonderful. However, when it is bringing you into a place of self-loathing because you didn't accomplish a certain thing by a certain age or time, it's important to remember that there are so many variables in this life that are out of our control. And all we can do is take responsibility for how we respond to situations, how we maybe take a setback and turn it into a new avenue of success. We learn from a relationship where we set healthier boundaries the next time and prune things out that way we can be more helpful to another person, where we really take a hard look in the mirror and say, what do I want to do next? Is this current situation something I'm willing to accept or what can I do to change it? There is a certain amount that we are capable of taking on and making the most out of in our life. And the time spent wasting on feeling shameful takes away from that. I also feel like when it comes to shame, it's so important to be vulnerable in your friendships and relationships and let people that know you know that you're struggling when you're in a state of shame. When you name it, it loses its power because then it can be dealt with rather than it being something that defines you. I think friendships are really, really important to have because we need to have people that we can be vulnerable with and really express all shades of ourselves. Oftentimes, you know, things on social media can be, it can be a place of so much positivity and people really want to share positivity online and not bring sometimes negative issues or heavy issues to that space. But nonetheless, it is so important to have those in-person or real connections in your life where you can be honest with yourself and the people that care about you about things that are a little bit more personal that you may not want to broadcast to the world, maybe at this point in your life while you're going through it and it might be a little bit more of a wound than a scar, that healing can still be initiated and take place. And the shame doesn't need to be what's keeping that wound open. Moving on, I want to discuss guilt, which is kind of like shame's cousin. Now, guilt is the fact of having committed or 
specified or implied offense of a crime. So what this sounds like as an internal monologue is there's something wrong with what I've done. People can apply this to necessarily sometimes going down the wrong path or maybe not going to school or college instead of pursuing a certain ambition or maybe pursuing that ambition and not going to school and feeling conflicted about that or staying in a relationship longer than they wish they would have or buying a house in an area that they wish they hadn't or all these types of different situations. It can relate to financial, relationship, lifestyle, dietary choices. I mean, the range is really endless. But people can place such harsh guilt on themselves, which doesn't end up helping them in the long run. Now, while it is a mostly psychological state, some physical effects can include insomnia, a loss of appetite, and an overall dreary feeling related to guilt. And guilt really happens to share a lot of symptoms with depression. Depression can definitely develop with someone with these severe guilt issues. I know that when I experienced depression myself for a long time, I come from an upbringing and a mindset that is really like you make it happen, you don't stop, you keep pushing, you you take setbacks in stride and you create new pathways of success with those. And when I experienced depression, it was not only biochemical, it was environmental, it was situational and emotional. So There were a lot of different things that led to me being in that state, and I felt so guilty for being depressed. It's like the world doesn't stop for you. Like no one is going to help you get out of this. Like you have to do it yourself type of a thing. And that was another thing that I had been encouraged to learn how to handle things on my own and not feel needy or desperate or rely on people or dependent on other people in order to get through things. So, but also when you don't reach out to people and you're in that state, it can isolate you. And we know isolation can perpetuate feelings of depression. So that's why I feel like when you are feeling guilt about something, it can be really, really painful if you don't have the correct way to process it. I do feel like for me personally, guilt kept me in a state of depression when I really didn't need to be experiencing it anymore or to the extent that I was experiencing it because There were certain things that I was feeling guilty for that were not my fault. Things along the lines of not even being able to like move past the emotions, not being able to process it or have certain answers to questions. And it really took going through the work of working with different therapists and reaching out to people in my life that could help me, that helped me process it and move past it and recover and be in a healthy place and really master those emotions to the point where it's not something that has power over me in the same way it ever did. And it is actually something that I feel really grateful at this point to have experienced Being that when I face different challenges, whether they be emotional or situational or what have you in my future, I have a set of practices and tools in place so that I can work through those situations with a greater deal of ease and be a better friend or partner or person in my people that I love's lives to help them through those situations as well. Guilt 
can be a very healthy emotion to feel in appropriate doses because this can actually lead to healing, apologizing if necessary, and really push you to change different habits. It allows you to make amends and I think, you know, there are certain things that are unkind or wrong or, you know, generally just maybe shouldn't there are there might be a better way to complete that action and i think it's important to be constructively critical towards oneself to take a look at our actions and do the best that we can to improve day in day out and have humility and be humble in the sense that knowing that we may mess up and we might not do things perfect it's higher as a likelihood that that's going to happen rather than everything's going to go straight and perfect 100% of the time and i don't know one individual that their life has gone like that and so if your life hasn't then you're not alone honestly i feel like if people in their lives their life looks like a little bit more of a squiggly line that's probably more um, on a pathway towards success than just it being straight across or going from straight down to straight up. Because, you know, I think you learn things along the way when you're going through all the squiggliness. When we're living in a state of guilt and shame, this does really keep us stuck and not pursuing our dreams and our goals. This really helps no one and wastes sometimes years, sometimes decades for people. Just a lot of time that could be spent doing impactful, amazing things as well as working towards our own healing. Guilt will really keep you from your destiny if you allow it. And that's really why I wanted to talk about this because when it comes to realizing everything you're capable of in this life, if you are keeping yourself caged or stuck in that or there are outside influences that are, you know, maybe really putting you in a place of abuse or people are really shutting you down and not allowing you to believe in yourself. It's important to confront and challenge those beliefs and sometimes even those people in the most peaceful way possible you can sometimes to really move past that. When it comes to acknowledging maybe things that we've done in the past that are wrong, it's important to apologize not only to yourself but to others that may have been affected by your decision making to really release yourself from that karmic tie to that action this can free up a lot of time and energy that will allow you to move forward in the healthiest way possible it can be really challenging to face some of the things from our past but it is important to be in the present moment but acknowledge things from the past as well It's kind of like doing some archaeological digging. You have to see where things came from and what existed prior, maybe before you can understand why certain things are the way that they are now. That's why we can learn so much from history and ways thing like the way things were done in the past. We can learn from that. That way we can improve our habits in the future and make better decisions if possible. And potentially not make the same slip-ups or mistakes that happened. And I think it's important to be open-minded to making different decisions and trusting yourself and going with your intuition to an extent and being like, this feels right in the moment and maybe you don't have experience with that and you give it a try. Maybe even if somebody tells you that it's not the right thing to do. And maybe you feel more empowered by making that decision for yourself and be like, you know what, I'm glad that I did this anyway and I'm going to be honest with myself that this isn't what I want and I do agree with the person that gave me advice 
And there may be other instances where you do take the lessons that history or people in your life give you and you make that decision of like, no, that doesn't seem like a calculated risk for me to make. I don't feel like I need to experience this to really make an empowered decision on my own. I feel most empowered by taking that advice and doing what actually feels best for me, which is not engaging with that. When it comes to those experiences from our past, the most important thing we can do is learn from them and invest the time in transforming them, not trying to change the narrative and make the memory a little bit more palatable or suit us or make it seem like what everybody else did was wrong and people were being unfair. I think it really is important to take responsibility for your part in the situation and be honest with yourself. Own all parts of it because when you own all parts of your story, it doesn't own you anymore. And it won't torture you in the same way that it once did. And you won't feel as burdened with the shame and the guilt because you'll be experiencing compassion for yourself and humanity towards yourself. And it may humble you in ways that you needed to be humbled. And that's okay to be open-minded to that. Some of the steps I feel like that can be taken some of these I've I've touched on and some of them I want to expand on a little bit more is to when you do sense that you're feeling shame or higher when you do experience feelings of shame or guilt physically, mentally, emotionally or spiritually hitting you, it is really important to acknowledge your higher self. Realize that you are not even the physical form, you're not you know, you are what's experiencing you experience yourself. You're the energy that's really behind everything that is being expressed. You're the witness to your life, essentially. And whatever you're going through, you don't need to allow the ego to attach to it. You can overcome the things that you are facing. It may take time. It may take you know, for some people, another lifetime, if you believe in that. But you don't have to allow these things to define you. And you can come back to a place of remembering that you are capable of moving past this situation. Another thing you can do is engage with expression, whether that means journaling, maybe making a personal video about it, or recording it, or talking through it with somebody you care about, engaging in therapy, you know, for me as a dancer, sometimes I just need to put on music and release it that way or create a dance piece or share it with my dancers or go into a state of meditation and allow it to come up. But engaging in that act of self-expression really helps you express what you're feeling. And that's important because it's it's oftentimes better than holding it in. Of course, you want to do it in the most polite and um, courteous way possible if it does involve other people around you, but also towards yourself. You might feel really angry and you might have a lot of, you know, negative feelings come up where you're super enraged about something that you did or you just feel so ashamed. But putting all of that negativity on yourself, again, it might be coming from past 
experiences where maybe your teachers or your parents or people in your life were really hard on you and so that's how you learned how to talk to yourself and that doesn't always need to be the case. We can be a little bit more gentle on ourselves because this can lead towards a higher quality relationship with ourselves where we're able to not be so set back from the actual setbacks that we do face. We're not going to be making it worse and our ability to bounce back and recover from situations will be a little bit more concise. And we'll be able to go through that process a little bit faster and keep taking things in stride but keep going. And again, as I mentioned earlier, it is so important to own it. When you own different parts or all of the parts of your life that you might be embarrassed of and be like, you know what? No, this did happen, but I do acknowledge this, this, and that, and I learned these things, and this is how I want to move forward, then like nobody can use that against you because you're like, yes, I know that this happened, and this is what I'm going to do to change it and move on. You know, I think we see this with celebrities that get involved with scandals. We see this with people that are, you know, um, just taking back the narrative in their own hands and making it different moving forward, not necessarily changing what happened in the past, but they're changing how they relate to it in the sense that it does not, it no longer involves shame or guilt around it so that it is internally torturing them in such a way that is not allowing them to actually move forward in their life. The next step is really allowing yourself to be vulnerable. This can be so uncomfortable for some people when it comes to being vulnerable in your friendships and relationships and even with yourself because vulnerability can feel really uncomfortable. There's a lot of power in vulnerability as a dancer. I really enjoyed being vulnerable on stage when I would be doing lyrical or contemporary pieces because those dealt with heavier emotions and you're bringing the artist's emotions to life and expressing that and allowing pain from your own life to come up through that piece that you may be performing. When it comes to expressing some of the painful things we've been through in our life, I have thankfully met and been exposed to so many people that have really been through quite a bit of trauma in different respects. We're talking about war veterans, people that have been through really gnarly marriages, um, people that have been able to raise children with disabilities and still take care of their self-care as well when caring for a child that has critical needs. Um, a whole host of different things. You know, everybody has the trauma that they've been through. I don't think any human gets through this life unscathed. And most of us, we have it a lot better than we think. And if we're able to acknowledge and empower ourselves to move past these experiences and empower one another to move past these experiences, even just 5% more than we do, I feel like it can really make this world such a better place. And there are a lot of people out there that are sharing their experiences and being vulnerable and opening up about the fact that they've been through pain and sharing how they processed it and moved through it. I know for me personally, I recently opened up on my Instagram through an IGTV video that I posted about how I dealt with suicidal depression for eight years. And I had reached a point 
in my life when I posted that, which was just recently, where I was like, you know what, I feel ready to share this. And it had been something that I wanted to share for a long time. And was it the most comfortable thing to talk about? Absolutely not. But I figured if it could help even one person not feel alone in their emotions or maybe hold up a mirror to somebody about how they could handle their self-care a little differently or be a little bit more real with themselves about what they're actually dealing with if they need to get help for something. Maybe they're not coping with a situation as healthfully as they could be. They might be drinking or using drugs or going into obsessive compulsive behaviors or negative behaviors to try to escape what they're dealing with rather than really facing it. I felt comfortable at that time and you know, currently to talk about it because it's not something that affects me in the same way that it used to. And I am very knowledgeable about the issue after dealing with it for such a long time. And I really do want to share how I was able to get through it in a little bit more detail in the future as well. But I think just to put that out there and let other people know they're not alone really took me being vulnerable and um, as uncomfortable as it was, I am really proud of myself for doing that and really happy that I did it because it's something that I feel like I needed to do for a long time. And I think when we are vulnerable, it allows other people to feel safe in their own ability to be vulnerable with us and with themselves. So as beautiful as social media is and how many, you know, positive things are posted, especially on like my accounts, I really do like to keep it positive. There are other aspects to my life that have shaped me as an individual and I don't want to shy away from keeping certain things hidden and private. I don't feel embarrassed about it and I don't feel ashamed about it because it's really helped me grow in a lot of ways that are going to be very positive for my future. I think it's also important to find some humor or find a silver lining in the situation of whatever you might be dealing with. Sometimes when we face things head on and we just see all the negatives and we see like, oh, this is so hard or really it can be difficult to cope with. But I think there might be certain things that we did that looking back, we can be like, wow, that's a little bit funny that I chose to handle it that way. And and just kind of like laugh at ourselves a little bit, not in a hateful or condescending way, but just in a lighthearted way as much as possible. Or find the blessings in the situation, finding the blessings in the fact that maybe things didn't work out the way that we wanted them to. And that we were able to learn something from those situations, which I know can be really difficult because there are certain points where you just don't want to hear everything happens for a reason and don't worry, time heals all wounds. Like these types of statements that can sometimes be boxed into, you know, that toxic positivity where people are just like love and light and hugs and all this type of thing, unicorns, rainbows, butterflies, all this. And there's no need to get obsessed with needing everything to be 100% okay right now or needing the whole situation to be something you're entirely grateful for. Even going back to my, you know, experience with depression, as much as I am grateful for that experience, there's definitely a part of me that grieves that time that I did experience that because, you know, it wasn't fun. Like It wasn't the best experience I had in my life. There were some really, really dark times that were associated with that. However, 
I allow the gratitude to overpower the grief associated with that whole circumstance. And that's a choice that we can take. And that's something we can empower ourselves to do. And in the long run, I feel like that helps us be able to connect with other people and be honest with ourselves in ways that we otherwise wouldn't be able to. Finally, I feel like it's really important to love yourself. It is really, really something that a lot of people struggle with is self-love and self-respect and boundaries within one's own self. Like just the self-hate and condescending talk can run rampant because sometimes we don't have anybody to check us from within because as an individual, you're having your own thoughts that are going on inside your own mind and no one can see them. No one can necessarily hear them. There are only sometimes external expressions of maybe the rage or the sadness or the fear that's coming up within you as a result of those in that internal dialogue being what it is. But You know, there are so many ways that we can learn to take a step back and be like, wow, would I say that to another person? If I would, why would I say that? Is that the kindest way to say that? Can I get a point across or make a change without needing to say something in such a harsh way? Is there another way to look at this? Can I be a little bit more compassionate towards myself? I feel like if there's anything that I'm really really interested in investing a lot more time in it is compassion towards myself and other people especially at this point in my life and that's where I'm at and I'm happy to be in that place and I don't think that there's necessarily like weakness in compassion obviously I've done episodes on did the episode on empathy which Empathy has an important place in our life. It's important to be empathetic to an extent, not, you know, overwhelmingly empathetic to the point where you are allowing people to abuse and treat you poorly and be, you know, an empath and absorb everybody's emotions and take it on and believe everything's your fault and that type of thing. Like, no. But I think we can be kinder to one another. We can be kinder to ourselves. We can be kinder to people that are nothing like us. We can be kinder in the sense where we just see things from a different perspective. And I think that is part of being human. We are so different. Like there are people that live on the opposite sides of the world that live completely differently than maybe you or I live or maybe you and I live completely different lives. I mean, the probability of that is pretty dang high because we are different people. And when we're able to take interest in other people's lives and be open-minded to things and love other people that come from a variety of backgrounds, which some people are really against that too. And I feel like if that is a belief that you feel serves you, I really feel like it's important to take a critical look at that as well. But when you're able to love more, you know, even internally, I feel like it allows you to love more externally as well. Finding that self-love, finding those self-care and love practices that you do, those could look different for everybody. But I think really taking time to meditate on just being in the state that you're in and relating to the universe in a state of silence and letting that conversation happen when you're in a state of meditation, just being able to sit in the space that you live in or wherever you are or out in nature and have that silent communication with the unknown, with 
whatever energy is in that space. And of course, thoughts are going to come up. Of course, there are going to be maybe things that burden you mentally or physically. You might have an itch or a scratch or a sweat dropping or a fly is attacking you (laughs) or, you know, just these thoughts come from these different directions. It's important to remember that you can choose your thoughts. You can choose not to you can acknowledge it and let it come up, but you don't have to attach to it. And I think that's one of the practices in yoga that I was grateful to be able to hone a little bit better is the ability to choose your thoughts and choose to continue down a path of creating as much relative stillness in your mind and your body as you possibly can. Um, And acknowledging that all of that busyness, that noise, that chatter might be going on physically, mentally, emotionally. There could be a lot of doubt lingering. And it's okay to just be like, you know what? That may come up, but I don't have to attach to it. When it comes to focusing on your self-love and meditating on that, there may be those things that you acknowledge that come up of, you know, those negative past self-beliefs. And it's important, again, to challenge and be critical of those and be like, is this really true? What is really anchoring this belief within me and how can I let this go? Because I don't think that it's serving me to hang on to it. Another thing that you can do when it comes to these feelings of shame and guilt is to overwhelm them with the positives that you've done in your life and acknowledge the things that you are proud of, that you are grateful for. This could be throughout the course of your life, recently in your life, or even just aspects of your mindset that you really like about yourself. Let this overwhelm the feelings of shame and guilt. If you have to write it down or journal it, if you need to make a picture of it, if you need to talk to somebody about it, do whatever you need to do, but process it in such a way where it's actually going to help you. Analyzing the shame and the guilt and going deeper into it sometimes doesn't always help it go away. It can sometimes exacerbate the issues and cause you to go more into the ego and try to define yourself by all these external means when at the end of the day that's not really what you are. It is an expression to an extent of what you are, but it isn't really what you are at the end of the day and it can be really limiting to live in the ego. So when you're able to let go of the shame and the guilt that is surrounding your life, your past, and even your present, it can really open up the possibilities for so much more love so much more compassion, again, humility, and positivity to come into your life. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 